He was tried because he claimed to be the son of God, that he wasn't just a man. He was beaten that day, bruised, compelled to carry his own cross, the very one he was to be nailed to. And it was from that very cross that Jesus hung around midday Friday. Those who were close by could see that something was changing. The weather patterns were impacted as a result of what was happening. As a result of the great conflict between good and evil, between Christ and Satan, between God's justice and the sinner and our sin. Christ took upon himself our sin that day and he died on Calvary's cross to pay the price and he prayed. These were his words, Mark 15, verse 33, on page 1175. Jesus prayed, the Bible says, went about when, now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And Jesus prayed, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus prayed. Every prayer that one prays gets an audience with the great God of the universe, no matter our circumstances. And Jesus prayed on a cross. Jesus was one who prayed, and not even a cross could remove prayer from his lips. And so there on the cross, Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. Jesus was a man of prayer. Would you agree with me? And it doesn't take long, it doesn't take one long to establish that Jesus was this. He was described as a man of prayer. Though he was divine as if not human and though human as if not divine, his experience on earth was one that was filled with prayer. Mark tells us in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35 that very early in the morning, having risen a great while before daylight, Jesus went out into a solitary place, and there he prayed, beginning of his ministry. Jesus prayed in private. Furthermore, the Bible tells us Jesus prayed on a hillside, Mark 6 and verse 41. He blessed the meager meal during the potluck after he had preached a major sermon the Sermon on the Mount, and God responded to his prayer, and a multitude was fed. Actually, this happened twice in the gospel account, where Jesus prayed over food and it was multiplied. Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus prayed and was heard by his disciples, and they came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus gave them the model prayer. When you pray, say this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your will be done on earth as it, in, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus was a man of prayer. He told Peter one day, Simon, Simon, in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31, 32, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Jesus said, that your faith should not fail. Jesus prayed for his friends. Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus prayed at the gravesite of Lazarus 
Father, I thank you that you have heard me in John 11, verses 41 to 43. And God responded, and a man who was previously dead hopped out in grave clothes. Jesus was a man of prayer. He prayed, and a miracle was worked. Jesus prayed through his losses, because Lazarus was a good friend whom he had lost. Jesus prayed out of his compassion, because the Bible says in Mark 7, verse 34, that Jesus was in the process of healing a blind man, and he looked up to heaven and sighed, Ephata, that is, be opened. And God said, yes, and the blind man received this sight. Jesus prayed out of his compassion. On the cross, Jesus prayed for his enemies. While being nailed, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus was a man of prayer, and he prayed for his friends. He also prayed for his enemies. Jesus was a man of prayer. As a Jew, prayer was very important. There were different prayers for different occasions. You see, they would pray um, over different uh, settings or in different settings, I would say. They would pray uh, when it comes to certain meals and certain festivals. And around this time, the Passover was very special when it comes to prayer. Christ around the time of the Passover, realizing that he was to pay the price for sin, resorted to prayer as Jews would. And he wasn't the only one who was, who was praying around this time. Others were praying too. As a Jew, it was important to remember the Tehillim as you pray. The Tehillim is Hebrew for Psalms. The Psalms were sung, they were spoken and prayed. And to this day, this practice continues. For Jesus, prayer was not an activity, it was a lifestyle. He prayed. As long as he lived, he prayed. He prayed to his very last breath. And on the night of his passion, as the cross was before him, Jesus prayed once more. But Jesus prayed a very special prayer that I want to bring your attention to. This night, when Jesus had gathered his disciples for the Last Supper, they would have sung some psalms. As they gathered together, they would have engaged in this process or in this, 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 this belief of reciting the book of psalms, the Tehillim, or the, they call them the Hallel Psalms. And Jesus, the Bible says, if you turn there with me to the book of Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 30, the Bible says on page 1146 that Jesus Having gathered his disciples for the Last Supper, the Bible says, and when, Matthew 26, we're looking at verse 30, but just back up just a little bit. Verse 27, context, the Bible says, then he took the cup and gave thanks. He gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until, on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. I can't wait for that communion service. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus and his disciples had sung a hymn. Many would love to hear Jesus pray, but I would love to hear Jesus sing. 
Many would love to hear Jesus preach, but I would love to hear him sing. He and his disciples joined together in refrain and sung a hymn before they went out to the Mount of Olives. And you knew what, you know what was ahead of him. The Garden of Gethsemane where he trembled with the cup. The cross was to come rather soon. They sung a hymn. During the Passover, there were several hymns that the Jews would sing. And the hymns would come from the Tehillim or the Hallel Psalms, which range from Psalms 113 all the way through Psalms 118. And included would be Psalms 116. It is believed that around this time, Jesus' prayers would have taken on a different shape. Included in his prayers were the recitation of the Psalms. And Jesus would have sung during this time Psalm 116. Spirit of Prophecy reminds us or tells us that on that sad night of the Passover supper, as he was about to go forth to his betrayal, to his death, his voice was lifted in the psalm. And the psalm that his voice was lifted in was this, I love the Lord because he has heard my supplications. Let's go to Psalm 116, the psalm that Jesus might have sung that night of his trial, Psalm 116. Now we look at this and we generally don't think of it that way, but just imagine Jesus during his darkest moment singing a song of joy. Because that's what Psalm 116 is. It is a joyful psalm. And it begins this way. Even though the cross was ahead of him, Jesus sung these words. I love the Lord. When you are going through some trials, have you ever said those words? Have you ever sung those words? I love the Lord, no matter how difficult my situation is. I love the Lord. If we were there together, we would see Jesus with his disciples singing that lovely psalm. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. And my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him our sermon title, As Long As I Live. A beautiful psalm, As Long As I Live. During this moment where Christ was certain of what was ahead of him, we can hear him sing this prayer, I love the Lord. Judas was on his way out to betray him, 30 pieces of silver in his pocket, but yet still, Jesus prayed, I love the Lord. Peter, his trusted friend and confidant, would deny him, but yet still, Jesus prayed, I love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? I love the Lord. Gethsemane was before him, that very garden where he would throw himself down and sweat great drops of blood as he prayed, Father, if it's possible, take this cup away, but nonetheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus sung before Gethsemane, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. And why? Why love God? Why would we ever pray and sing a psalm such as this one? Why love God? Because of this reason. Because he has heard my voice. And my supplications. Do you realize that prayer is a very, very great privilege that you and I have? 
Do you realize that you and I do not deserve the ear of God for one moment? But yet still, he is ready and willing to listen to you and I pray. I love the Lord. David was the author. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication. In other words, just the fact that God listens to my prayer is enough to love him. And oftentimes we hold God hostage when he doesn't answer on time. Father, why take so long? But he has heard us. He listens to our prayers. Jesus sung Psalm 116. It is a wonder that God hears us. If we were to speak to an earthly friend, often like we speak to God in our prayers, our friends would get annoyed with us. Have you ever thought about it? We say, their friend, thank you for your goodness. I am asking that you provide this and that you provide that and this as well, if you don't mind. And while you're at it, can you please help me with this situation? And if we were to come once, that would be enough. But we come every single day with the same request. And not every single day only. We come every hour and every minute. Friend, can you please help me? Can you give me this? Can you give me that? Can you help me with this? And while you're at it, please, and hurry up. And that's how we pray sometimes. But God, with his love and patience, listens to us. And then it even gets worse. Sometimes we neglect to come at all. We don't even come until we need something. And then when we come, God bends his ear. And he says, I want to hear you. I want to hear from you. We are needy people. I hope you don't take offense to that because it's true. Have you ever realized we are very needy people? And every single time we pray, our needs arise. We're reminded, but never ever get discouraged when it comes to God because your need is the greatest argument in prayer. The fact that you are needy is the greatest argument when you pray. And God says, don't worry about coming too much. Come. In fact, the only complaint God has often is you don't come enough. So when we come to him in prayer, like David, we can say, I love the Lord because he hears me, even when I'm needy. I love the Lord because he hears me, even when my prayers are not all well put together. I love the Lord because he hears me, even when my prayers are simple and they don't make sense to a human ear. I love the Lord because he listens to me, even though he doesn't have to. But he does. He bends his ear out of his love for you and I. And Jesus in this moment is now, I just imagine the, the look on his face as he's singing, I love the Lord, for he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 59, Isaiah chapter 59, page 854, Behold... The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. 
Aren't you happy that God doesn't have heavy, heavy ears? That he can uh, hear you and I? The mere fact that God grants you and I an audience in our weakest moments is enough to love him. The mere fact that God bends his ear to hear our prayers is enough to love him. You ask me why I love God? I love him because he hears me when I pray to him. On the other line is not just dead silence. On the other line, there is someone who is listening to me pray. And on the other line, there's someone who is processing. It's not a, a, a one-way conversation. There is something taking place. You see, prayer is not just designed for you and I to speak to God. Prayer is also designed for you and I to be changed in that conversation. And prayer is what inspires love in the heart of humanity. If you pray much, you'll love much. And if you don't love at all, you need to pray more. Prayer transforms us. God never gets annoyed. Psalm goes on, verse 3, the pains of death. Just imagine as Christ is singing, I just imagine him changing a bit of the tone as he's figuring out and thinking about what's ahead of him. The pains of death surrounded me. The pangs of Sheol or the grave laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow, and indeed he did. A man of sorrow found trouble and sorrow, but then he goes back. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Such a simple prayer. You know, God is not looking for eloquent prayers. He's looking for hearts that are willing to speak to him. With sorrow filling his heart, he knew that death was coming towards him and nothing he could do could stop it. And he prayed, I found trouble and sorrow. But then I called upon the name of the Lord, and we might add here, as long as I live, O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Have you ever wondered the prayer that Peter prayed when he started sinking below the waves? Do you think he spent time saying, dear Lord, if you... And he goes on in an eloquent speech. I just imagine him saying, help, full stop. And Jesus was right there to save him. Jesus, repeating this psalm, recites this very simple prayer of David. No need for eloquence in prayer. The need is stated clearly. And here it is, a very short prayer. Jesus has taught the very valuable lesson earlier, saying that two men... And we find this in Luke chapter 19. Two men went into the temple to pray. One a, um, a Pharisee and one a tax collector. Luke chapter 18 is where you find the story, verses 9 and onwards. Page 1207. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Notice that he prayed with himself. He prayed with himself. God I thank you that I'm not like other men. Now, we ought never to pray like that. I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector beside me. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. His reason to come to God was what he was doing. He felt he had given much to God, and he deserved an audience. 
He had speech, but he had no heart. He knew much about prayer, but not about the God to which he prayed. He knew words, but nothing of love. And then there comes this tax collector. Very short prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, therefore, this is the one who goes to his home justified. You see, God is not a God who is partial. It is better to pray with a few words, with love in your heart, and with heart, than to pray a lot of words without your heart being involved. So as long as I live, I will go to God even with my simple requests, for those requests are not regarded as useless. Is your heart heavy? Have you seen trouble? There is a name that you can call upon. As David reminds us, and as Jesus is singing this, I, just can, I can just hear it now. No need to be eloquent. The prayer works not because of your manner of speaking, but because of the God who you're speaking to. And he is a God of love. I implore you, deliver my soul. And Jesus went on reading the psalm. Now verse 5. I can hear him say, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the who? The simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Just imagine them singing this song. There is rest. There is rest for the soul who depends on God. Have you noticed that this psalm speaks much more about God than about the one praying? See, prayer is like that. It's not only about us, it's about God. God is longing to reveal himself to us. He is longing to prove himself trustworthy. He is longing to prove that he is gracious, righteous, merciful, and he is one who preserves the simple. Little girl was in the mission field. They had a... a an interesting situation, in fact, a very sad one. A mother had come in to deliver a baby, and they were all working together. This, this, I think it was around this, this hospital that was connected to an orphanage or something, and they were all there. And this mother had come in to give birth, and in, while giving birth, the mother passed away and gave birth to a premature baby. And this little girl, the a doctor that was working with the mother and the child realized that they didn't have enough supplies to keep the infant alive. They needed hot water in a bottle. They were going to make some kind of makeshift incubator. So they asked the children to pray for the baby and for her sister. One of the girls responded, Dear God, please send uh, uh, please send a water bottle today because tomorrow will be too late because the baby will be dead by then. And Lord, also, please send a doll. Please send a doll for the sister so, we won't, so she won't feel so lonely. That afternoon, a large package arrived from England. The children watched eagerly as the staff opened it, and much to their surprise, under some clothing was a large water bottle. Immediately, the girl who had prayed so earnestly started to dig deeper. I want to see what else is here. If God sent that bottle, 
he would, he would have sent the doll too. She was right. The doll was right there. A simple child God responded to. The story actually was mentioned, it was mentioned later, it was found out later that God had prepared this package in advance. Five months earlier, there was a ladies group at a church who was gathering together and prayed and said, where should we send a package to the mission field? And this was the exact place that God directed the package. Little girl had prayed. God answered it. What shall I render to the Lord? The psalm goes on. Verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Have you experienced the benefits that God gives? There are a lot of benefits in a relationship with God. If you go with me to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 103. Psalm 103, the Bible says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Benefits. What are his benefits? Who forgives all your iniquities. Friends, if there was not this benefit, where would you and I be today? He heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. There are a lot of benefits to serving the Lord. What shall I render? Psalm 116 verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Verse 3. I just imagine Jesus now thinking about it. I will take up the cup of salvation. And call again upon the name of the Lord. As long as I live, I will call upon the name of the Lord. Verse 14. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Now in the presence of all his people. Psalm 116 would have given Jesus some strength. Psalm 116 would have reminded him of the cup. But nonetheless, it would have encouraged him to go on and pay the vow. What shall I render to the Lord? And Jesus sung this hymn and went out. Verse 15, the Bible goes on. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Even when we die, a praying saint is not forgotten. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of of his saints. Verse 16, O Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I'll offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord once more. As long as I live, I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. And how does it end? Oh, I didn't hear you. How does it end? Praise the Lord. You know, on Calvary's cross that day, we have reason to praise the Lord because Jesus paid the price for sin. We have reason to, pay the, we have reason to praise the Lord because someone took it upon himself what we deserved. We deserve death, but Jesus paid the price for us. We deserve 
to pay the penalty for our sin. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus paid the price. So pardon me if we go back around midday, Jerusalem, darkness had settled over the lands, and if we could peel back the curtains of darkness, we would see thousand times ten thousands of angels bending low to see the great drama unfold. Christ on a cross, with outstretched arms, stuck between two thieves, and while he was there, he was praying. Joy mixed with sorrow. Hope was restored for the human race, but Jesus was going to die. Aren't you happy that he bore the cup? He bore the cup for you and I. When they sang Psalm 116 during that Passover feast, they would have poured the drink four times. And it's on the fourth time that they would repeat this last psalm, Psalm 116, the last cup. Just imagine as they're pouring the last cup and handing it out to each person in the room, and they're quoting Psalm 116, and they get to this point, I will take up the cup of salvation. Jesus was making a pledge. He was making a pledge, one in which you and I would take part in. Aren't you happy he bore the cup? Without Jesus having done that, we would not have any hope today. You and I would have no opportunity to pray and speak to God. Jesus prayed one last time in Luke 23, verse 46, on page 1217. His last breath was a breath of prayer. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he bowed his head and died. Jesus was a praying man. What is the purpose of today's message? Saints, as long as we live, we need to pray. As long as we live, we need to call upon the name of the Lord. As long as Jesus lived, he did. His last breath was a breath of prayer. And if you and I are to be faithful to God, we need to be praying people now. And if you and I were to bear our crosses, we need to be praying people. Prayer is a sign of gratitude. It is a sign of love. And those who pray will know of love. And those who do not pray will never and can never demonstrate love. So as long as I live, I will pray. As long as I live, I must pray for others, for only then can I truly demonstrate love for them. There's a member beside you, a member in front of you, and a member behind you. Will you pray for them? As long as I live, I must pray. For I know that at the end of each prayer, there is a God who pays special attention to my prayer, even the simplest ones. As long as I live, I must pray for Christ, our great example, prayed as long as he lived. And in praying, I follow his example. As long as I live, I ought to pray for when I die, I will not be forgotten. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Friends, can you imagine speaking to God face to face when we finally get to heaven? That's going to be a great privilege. But we can talk to him now, and we can get used to it. 
so that when we speak to him there, we will not be strangers, introducing ourselves for the first time. One of the great stories that really inspires me is the story of Enoch. I just imagine it. Maybe we don't really know too much about his story. Spirit of Prophecy tells us a bit about it, but we know Enoch from the Bible. He walked with God. And one preacher once said that Enoch walked so far with God that as they're walking on this journey together, God turned to Enoch and said, you know what, brother? You are closer to my home than to yours. Why don't you just come on in? That's what it should be like for you and I. We should be so close to God's house and so far from ours that he can just say, come on in, come on in. Friends, I encourage you to be praying more. I encourage you to pray for your brothers and sisters, your friends, your family, your church, your community. As long as we live, we ought to pray. And when we pray, the world will change around us, but not only that, our hearts will be changed within us. So will you take my challenge to pray more, to pray as long as you live? If that's your desire, I invite you to stand and we'll pray together to close. As long as I live, I will pray. Even in his darkest moments, Jesus prayed. Even on the cross, he prayed. And we ought also to pray. Let's pray together. Father, Praise the Lord. Psalm 116 ends that way. A psalm of thanksgiving. And even in the darkest moment of your experience, you are giving thanks. Father, we pray that we may never forget as we go through our trials and our experiences, to never, that we may never forget the importance of prayer. That as long as we live, that we pray to you. And that our relationship with you may grow and blossom and become more and more like Enoch's. I pray that our closeness with you may also become the light that our community needs and that as we continue to draw from the fresh spring that continues to pour, as the Bible says in Lamentations, your mercies are new every day, every morning. We pray that we may drink of that and that in our day-to-day -day operations and the things that we do day-to-day, -day, Father, that others may see that like the disciples were seen, and they could tell that we've been with Jesus. Father, you've inspired us. You've spoken today, and we pray that you help us to keep our commitment, our vows to you to pray more. We ask you, Father, that you may continue to guide us, help us to see you more clearly. And like David, we want to say, all of us, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplication. Therefore, I will call upon his name as long as I live. Amen.